And normally, any other year, I'd say the night before, go catch a men's basketball game. Don't do that this year. Damn. Save your money. Yeah. Save your money. Save your time. Save your pride. Save your integrity. <laughs> Which, man, the concession stands at the tuck. They're only taking card nowadays. You can't even bring cash in there. Like, treat me you still like using some... cash? I had, it was a $10 bill. All right. It wasn't a one. Treating me like some kind of peasant. They're like, you got a card? What were you buying? Can we please know what you're buying? I just wanted a nice pretzel. I knew it was a pretzel. I knew it was a pretzel. <laughs> just did did you get it. a Coke as well? My dad bought it. No. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? It's Logan Robinson from Here's the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are live on a wonderful and fantastic Wednesday evening. As Florida State continues its role in the winning column after defeating Syracuse on the road. A nice dominant win there. Previously in the week, dominating Miami. Florida State just rolling right now in Mike Norvell and the Florida State Seminoles. We've got quite a bit to talk about tonight. A good stuff as we head into the end of the season. Florida State will be facing the Raging Cajuns in Louisiana this upcoming weekend at noon. With me this evening is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer. Down below is our editor-in-chief at NoGameDay.com, and that's Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, 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 how are we doing? It's a little chilly here in Tallahassee this week. A little chilly, but you know, three straight wins, especially in the fashion that Florida State has done it. I think the vibes are at a, an all-time level right now on and off the podcast. What is, what is chilly for Tallahassee before I say what the weather's been here in Charlotte? It's probably about fifty today, and there was definitely some wind chill. I woke up yesterday. I woke up yesterday. It was twenty-seven degrees. Well, so. Let's not do the whole. Yeah, let's not do the whole. I don't want to. Com- I don't want to compare it. You can't compare it. But just with where we sit up there to watch the practices on the baseball stadium, I don't know what it is with the design, but the wind just is like a tunnel up Whips there. Through it. Me and Logan both had shorts on today, so yeah, that's. I was gonna say we are we maybe not the brightest. Over. Well, not, we thought maybe, we'd go inside. This is the first time that it's been a full outside practice, I think, in what, a, a couple months since maybe fall maybe camp. Since, that's what I was going to say, maybe since preseason. So yeah. we weren't prepared today. It was a, he threw us Mike, off. Yeah. Mike, Mike's used to it with that weather of coaching up there at Memphis. And so not really phased by it, but a lot of the Florida State beat while we were up there watching the practice today. And that cold, windy chill of this morning wasn't so fun, but made it through. And we'll talk about that in practice observations here in just a few minutes. We'll give our last thoughts on Syracuse game. We got a lot of honors and a lot of, you know, what Alex Atkins getting 
put onto a nomination here, onto a list of being a top assistant. We'll discuss that. We'll talk some recruiting. We'll talk college football playoff rankings since that now seems to be a weekly segment, which it's on the docket. I, it's uh, it's fun, man. Uh, going, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss too, having to wait an hour last night, that damn basketball game. To end, so oh we can God. see the playoff rankings come out, but that's what comes with the territory, man. Whenever you're waiting to see Florida state and be one of the top teams in the country, going to these rankings uh gotta wait for some college basketball for an hour so we'll discuss the rankings there we'll talk some jamie robinson fabian love it we'll talk trey benson jordan travis and we'll jump into a game preview we won't keep you too long there and then we're gonna give we're gonna give austin the floor once again after an awful and really bad start for leonard hamilton going zero and three to begin the 2022 season interesting to get bz's take there yeah, not, it's not so been fun. fun. Not been fun. It has not been fun. But uh, before we jump into everything, make sure you are following us on Twitter at Noel Game Day. We'll be giving live coverage all throughout the game this upcoming weekend. And as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Make sure you're commenting and here with us if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss throughout the evening. But with that said, gentlemen, let's jump into some things to talk about a Florida State team. That is now seven and three on the season, heading into what should be another win for the Florida State Seminoles this upcoming weekend. We'll discuss that in a few, but any last thoughts on that Syracuse game, guys? I know VZ, one of your last things that we didn't really get to talk about was seeing Adam Fuller break the rock there. But, you know, I, I was on the Mark Rogers show about an hour ago, just, you know, giving a lot of praise to Adam Fuller and what he's done and game planning against these teams. And I understand, you know, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, you're kind of cautious and not understanding if he's fully healthy, which he wasn't, we could tell, but Florida state took care of business the week prior. And then going into this week, you know, did what they needed to do against a quarterback that played pretty well against them last year. Adam Fuller is putting together a pretty nice, consistent defense. I think that's the best way to put it. Consistent performing defense that we haven't seen in a good long while. Two straight games, not allowing a single touchdown. Um, says a lot, no matter who you're playing. And you let Georgia Tech score 16 points, they can, you know, anybody's going to get even maybe a garbage time touchdown. Um, two straight games without a line, one, it really just speaks to the level the defense is playing at with the energy they're playing with. We even saw the Miami game where they're driving in the third quarter with the backups in, then they put the starters back in with the fumbled snap and all that. They're just playing it with such ferocity right now. Um, and they really want to prove a point, and Florida's got these guys playing really, really well. It's been a really impressive stretch, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it kind of coincided with the return of Fabian Lovett to the lineup. And, you know, maybe these three teams weren't the strongest competition for Florida State, but you look a year or two years ago, you know, Florida State was struggling with these average to below average teams. They were losing to some of them. So now to come out there and completely dominate from beginning to end in these games, it's a positive sign to see for where this program is trending. And I mean, especially when you look at some of these first halves, three straight games now, um, you know, we mentioned the opponents where Florida state's defense only allowed three points and under 100 total yards of offense in the opening half. So they've really come out there and just pummeled the opposing offense from the get go. Uh, you can tell that the defense is really clicking on all cylinders right now and credit to Adam Fuller and the coaching staff for making some adjustments over the bye week and really utilizing their personnel at the moment. And like I said, I think it helps that these guys are as healthy as they've been really since the preseason at this point. And 
we'll see if it can continue against Louisiana on Saturday and then Florida and whoever the bowl game opponent ends up being. But right now that unit is trending in the right direction for sure. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of energy. There's guys that are in, are enjoying being out there together. We see through practice, but to see it on the field too, you're seeing your starting quarterback too with a baseball cap on in the third quarter. I mean, that that just says a lot of where this program has gotten to. And that was an ACC opponent that was having a really nice start to the season two, starting off the season six and oh, and Dustin, you and I talked about it throughout that run there that they had said, you know, we'll see if that changes there once they face some good competition, but still to go on the road like that and take care of business, you know, Florida state and what minor I, you know, I was predicting Florida state just take care of business. You know, minor has done a good job of getting these guys prepared on the road and not overlooking opponents this year. Last year, they didn't do a good job of that. And it, it shows improvement and a quick time span of what Norvell has been able to do and building the focus for this team and while allowing or bringing in a lot of transfers to make that switch change really quickly in their mentals to get ready for games on the road. So I, I think it's huge, man. I think it's, you know, a lot of guys making plays or seeing greedy Vance put himself in really good positions. And, you know, that's a guy that maybe wasn't talked about a whole ton, you know, going into the season, but you're seeing continued growth there. You're seeing continued growth from players that we saw in the spring take strides like Pat Payne to making some plays, um, you know, Shaheen Brown too, who's, you know, those two defensive players, I think I'm the most excited for heading into next season. We've got a lot of talk about this off season on this podcast, but you know, we're, we're just seeing continued growth and growth. that's not stagnant. And whenever you see growth like that off of a team, that's playing good football, you're going to dominate teams that you should. It's a good point. And like you said, it's not just the starters that have played really well, but even going into the two deep and, some of the younger guys, you can tell that this defense is primed to perform not only for the remainder of this year, but also in the years coming forward, too. There, there's a lot to be optimistic about with some of these guys waiting in the wings and then also with what FSU currently has coming in in the 2023 uh, recruiting class. And we'll see what they're able to do in the transfer portal as well. So, I mean, this could be a dominant unit once again in 2023. Yeah, and then going to offense real quick, just last – words here you know trey benson uh you know we're, we're hoping to hopefully get him on the show eventually maybe throughout bowl week we'll see what ends up happening there but i want to pick his brain on a lot of things and you know just to see his turn and go through a lot of the adversity going on twitter and seeing a lot of the fans not so happy that they were picking up trey benson in the transfer portal and just to see now you could call him rb1 at this time mm-hmm just to see his answer on the field, man. And you go back to that Louisville game too. He was a big pivotal part of getting down the field there behind Tate Rodemaker and making some plays there. A lot of things went into Trey Benson and building growth there as a running back. And just to see him three weeks in a row, over a hundred yards rushing first time uh, since what Dalvin cook, Dalvin cook's time here in Tallahassee, it just goes to show, you know, just the strides and what coach yak has been able to do in that running back room. There is that, that room is very talented and you're splitting carries quite a bit too, but Trey Benson is a violent, violent runner. And I, I try to go back and find a runner like that. Maybe a little bit of Jack was Patrick, but this is just a little bit more talented guy in that backfield. And, you know, we, we talked about it. this guy is draft eligible. He's draft eligible, but we'll see if he ends up, sticking around but this is this is a fun running back to watch i'd love to see him in 2023 with another year under his belt but the way that he's running right now is is vicious vicious against defense he wants to hurt you and he's going after every yard possible 
I mean, and also he's, he's getting a ton of help from the offensive line, you mm-hmm. know, help that previous running backs haven't gotten. Like, can you imagine Dalvin Cook with this offensive line and the way they're blocking? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's getting three, four yards before he's even getting touched, and then he's breaking three to four tackles on the way past that. It, it's a combination of a lot of things, but, but this offensive line is giving him, giving him a lot of support that we haven't seen with the running backs in the past. Not only that, but just his upward trajectory since he got to Florida State has been pretty insane. Like you said, Logan, there's some criticism – around the take and then Benson kind of broke out there in the spring game showed what he had and I was like all right well what's he going to be able to do in the preseason and ever since then I mean he's just continued to get better and better and now it feels like he's running with the most confidence that he's had in his college career to this point it seems like he's fully recovered from that major injury that he suffered less than two years ago um, at this point and now you look at it three straight weeks three career performances from Trey Benson of he's he's rising Right now, and then also behind that, you've had three different offensive linemen earn Player of the Week honors over the past three weeks behind Trey Benson. So, to your point, Austin, the offensive line has done a pretty good job as well. And I believe now Florida State is at five five consecutive games with 200 or more yards rushing on the ground. Have only allowed 16 sacks on the season. So, the rushing game, the pass protection, everything kind of starting to improve for the offense. And I think it's just been really impressive to see the strides that that unit has taken uh, throughout the year. And especially right now, just like the defense, the offense is in a pretty good rhythm as well. That'll do it. Probably the last thoughts there on Syracuse, Florida state, absolutely dominating that game on the road and taking care of their last ACC opponent of the year. Uh, let, let's jump into some practice observations. D. Lou, we were there Tuesday and also today. Very cold day on a, on a, a chilly, chilly Wednesday. And I think really we just need to note on most of today because, you know, we talked with Mike Norvell after practice. Uh, illness going around the team. I've been sick since last week. It's going around. It's usually around this time of year where we go from warm to absolute cold. And yes, VZ, cold is in the 50s for us. Okay. That's in the fifties. So soft. it's also the same case for a lot of these South Florida players. So there's some sicknesses that are coming through right now, but Mungerville did say afterwards that he does not think this will impact any of the players availability on Saturday. We will see for sure here in a few days, but uh, you know, seeing a few of the younger players get some playing time today, we got some answers of maybe if some guys are finding growth who are not finding growth, who's staying stagnant, that's for sure. But not the prettiest practice out of the offense today, Florida State's defense. What what Dustin racked up eight interceptions on the day overall? Eight eight interceptions. Uh, two were from uh, the scout team offense, but still six interceptions uh, from your scholarship quarterbacks today. Not exactly what you wanted to see. And, and you know, we saw Tate Rodemaker and AJ Duffy take the majority of reps, and both those guys are still coming along. Uh, I think the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing with Rodemaker and Duffy, and I believe we've said it before on the show, is just the consistency. Whenever Jordan Travis is out there, things are running pretty smoothly. And then you have Rodemaker or Duffy, and they'll make a flash play here or there. But then it's also marred with a turnover or a bad read or, or something like that. So that's just really the main difference. And uh, you got to see some of that today with those two guys getting some extended action. But then, you know, Rodemaker made some terrific throws as things went on in one-on-one and seven-on-seven. And, you know, it's just like, can he can he get to a point where he's able to do that, you know, five out of six, five out of seven throws instead of now two out of five, two out of six throws kind of thing. So we'll see if that consistency continues to improve. 
Yep. It's going to take, I think, you know, we're going to have a gigantic discussion after the season's over after the Florida game on, you know, your quarterback room going into next year. And it relies a lot on Jordan Travis. It's going to rely mm-hmm. everything on Jordan Travis, really on this team and how many wins they want to get next year too. Uh, we'll, we'll be setting up shop for that one, but uh, going back to practice, yeah, no, uh, a, a pretty bleh day overall. And, you know, Minor From the ball. offense, so the defense yeah. flying around, no. ton of pressure off the uh, the offensive line did not have a good day either. Ton of pressure from the defense, whether it was the linebackers or or the defensive line, and then I think it was five five different players with an interception day on defense. Yeah, greedy was Jamie, Akeem, greedy, Jaron Jones. I think there was one more. I think I got one. I think I did get end up getting one. Yeah, one surprise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what defense flying oh, everywhere? Got one. Yeah, I was about to say at that twenty. I thought Asbury got one there. Was that one on ones? I think I was in the the red zone goal line drill. Yeah, that no, was funny. I was watching. I'm always go to the defensive side of the field whenever we're down there in the IPF and yesterday it was funny watching <laughs> they, they have music playing usually. And so the players were huddled up getting ready to take the field against the offense and team drills and they were dancing. And then Adam Fuller was in the middle of it and he started dancing with them and it was hilarious. And then once the whistle, once Mike Nervella said, hurry up, Adam Fuller's like, get them out there on the field, <laughs> even though he was the one leading them into trouble. They're dancing around and such, but this team likes playing for Adam Fuller. And I, you know, hearing things there and all this kind of stuff, you know, Adam Fuller and whatnot, whenever you see, whenever these players are put in the right positions and they're going into games and taking away interceptions, when you go into practice too, it, it makes a lot better playing for a coach like that. I, I, they're doing a good job of developing and, and building the guy's consistency of being in the right spots. So watching Adam Fuller and what this defense is doing right now, uh, makes it a lot better. Definitely when you're getting wins, it makes it to enjoy practice a little bit better. Definitely when it's so gloomy out like this, but uh, you know, I just like seeing the coaching staff. They they work their tails off, you know, watching them all throughout practice, but to also enjoy and have a good time and continuing to build these relationships with these players. It's been really fun to see on the back end and the background of things. It's This team is growing, man, and it continues to grow and find love playing with one another. Uh, they're, they're having a good time. And then I, w- I will say, though, Tuesday was very chippy. Tuesday, I will say it was it's a, it's a family. It's a family. It's football. It is what it is, but it was a chippy day. Dylan Gibbons, chippy guy, you know, might not be, you know, he does his thing. He's a, he's a good guy, but, you know, football, it is what it is. A few other players got at it. Um, I want to talk about some positives here, though. Byron Turner, man, making, making some moves. Hey, I'm taking them from you, buddy. You were, you were a Byron Turner guy a couple weeks ago. And I started keeping an eye on him. I'm like, okay, all right. And now he's fully healthy, too. I asked Mike Norvell that on Tuesday. And say, you know, there, he's been kind of held back a little bit just because of health and not being a full 100%. But watching Byron Turner and the way that he's continued to grow, you're starting to see it kind of like how pa- Pat Payton was. I really do think he, he's he's a little bit behind Pat Payton, just seeing the strides that he's got. It's been fun to watch him, 54. It's a good way to put it because, you know, him and Pat Payton both came in in the same recruiting class. And um, he was a little hampered. Byron was a little hampered last year by, I believe, a, a shoulder injury that he ended up having surgery for. And then Norvell said um, that this year he dealt with a midseason 
injury as well. But whenever he's out there, I mean, you can see the strides that this kid has made. I kind of, I kind of almost compare him to maybe like a baby Jared verse. He's got that similar athletic long frame speed off the edge. And Norvell has said it, he's got all the potential in the world and he's going to be fun to watch in the future at Florida state. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets involved in these last couple of games in the rotation somewhere on, on special teams. This kid is uh one to watch, and I feel like he's going to blossom over the offseason as long as everything keeps trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if everything goes well, we'll see on the sickness and everything going around the team right now, but we'll see who's available on Saturday. I highly suggest you guys yeah. follow us on Twitter at no game day because we'll be giving live coverage during up during warm-ups there, so make sure you guys are over there keeping updated with our coverage. Uh, you know, there was a comment on here, and we actually have it on the docket already, but some recent news here along with Johnny Wilson, Florida State's star wide receiver transfer from Arizona State, who has put up some crazy numbers this year and has made some big-time plays. It's one of the most explosive wide receivers you can say in college football this season. Just signed with Rising Spear, a Florida State NIL group, which most likely would mean that you'll see Johnny Wilson in the Garnet Gold uniform next season here at Florida State, which would be a big-time grab to have him next season because we talked about in the production meeting, you're already bringing back a lot of talent guys. You've, you've seen the guys that also have made strides like Kentron Portier that has gone in there and played. Uh, and you know, you've got a few other guys like Darren Williamson, whenever he's fully healthy has gone in there and has some flash plays, but the main part of some guys that you're going to have for next season, if you're bringing back Winston Wright jr, if he's fully healthy, Micah Pittman, um, you know, you've still got Malik McLean. You've got Heike Williams. It just, you know, Ron Dugans has a class, man. But that's something worth noting there once he's signed with Rising Spear that there's a good sign we'll see Johnny Wilson in 2023. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think Rising Spear would make the investment with three games left in the season if there wasn't some kind of inkling that Johnny Wilson would be returning next season, which, like you said, would be huge for Florida State. Just adds to the pl plethora of receiving options that they have. And, you know, with Johnny, it's kind of the same thing as Trey Benson. We didn't really know what to expect out of him whenever he got to Florida state, you could see the potential during spring practice. He just struggled with his uh, consistency catching the ball. And, you know, some of that was brought up during the spring game continued into the fall. And then there was just, I don't even remember Logan. There was some point in preseason practice where he caught every pass one day and then from there, it just seemed like his confidence skyrocketed and he never looked back from there. A couple struggles in the Duquesne game and early in the season. But then once he had that breakout performance against Louisville, he's really been a strong performer for Florida State on the outside. And, you know, you get him back for another year, another offseason in the system, um, playing receiver. He could be a dominant threat, more dominant than he already is, which is kind of scary for opposing defenses to think about. And that wide receiver room is going to look even better next year, arguably, because you're only losing Pokey Wilson and Keyshawn Helton, as, as we were talking about in the production meeting. Mm -hmm. um, you, could you could have a surprise transfer. Yeah, and but you, you could slide Winston right in, right into that Ontario Wilson role. Honestly, you're going to expect more development out of Malik McLean and, and Williamson and all mm -hmm. these guys. And you get Hakeem Williams in. That receiver room is looking pretty damn special for next season. And don't sleep on uh, Vondravius Jacobs also – committed to Florida State, leading uh, the state of Florida in receiving this season. So that's another – Kid's good. He, he's a three-star right now. It blows my mind 
a, a diamond in the watching him. The only reason can't he's a three that. star is because he's been committed to Florida State for nearly two years. That's the only thing I can think of. But some really good receivers coming to Tallahassee just to add on to what's already beginning to build there for Ron Dugans. Watching Venarius Jacobs in person, like who the I I looked at that's like who the hell is that out there? Like goodness gracious, because never got to see him in person and definitely compete like that the way that he did it during that lead camp. But wow, hello, you know him and Camden Fryer. Woo. Yeah, you know, Florida State does a really Two good studs. job evaluating evaluating uh, talent. We'll get to another one here with Florida State's 2024 quarterback commit. But, yeah, that wide receiver room for the future there should help you, too, in the quarterback recruiting room, too, in my opinion. So uh, that was, yeah, Darius Jacobs. I keep on forgetting about him, man, but I, I need to start talking about him more. That's a talented wide receiver. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see. But there's probably optimism there that – Johnny Wilson will make a return in 2023 regarding his signing with the rising spear NIL group. So we'll see. Uh, let's jump into some senior bowl stuff here, which we'll most likely see some bye-byes to here with Fabian Lovett and Jamie Robinson as they accepted, they accepted their bye-bye. Reese's bowl. Yeah, literally. Uh, they accepted their Reese's bowl and bites are senior bowl. So Reese's they're going to go be, Reese's Senior Bowl invite. I hope they have all the re- that's my favorite. That's my favorite candy, by the way. Reese's is it's top two. Okay, can't complain. All right, accept it. Uh, but yeah, those two accepted that. That most likely means that we will not see Jamie Robinson. I don't think there was a lot of expectation for a lot of these guys. At least for me, I wasn't expected to see Fabian Love it here in Garden Gold uniform. This was bag money year for him. I think he's done good enough there, and I think he's going to do a really good job if he's fully 100% and healthy and evaluated well. He's going to be just fine going into the league. And same with Jamie Robinson, as he right now is continuing and continuing to make some plays. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing with him, we don't see it as much, but it comes on film and where Jamie Robinson is putting himself and under coverage and such. But we see it a lot, too, with Sachs, who he's coming in making plays, tackle for losses, yada, yada, yada. You know, Jamer Robinson in the last couple of weeks has all put it together. So not too much of a shocker here. But, no, that that's still a loss for Florida State's defense in 2023. If Fabian had stayed healthy this year, he may have been like a late day two kind of pick, like late in the round three area. So I think the senior bowl is going to be big for him. Uh, put him in front of a lot of scouts. They, they put a lot of weight in that senior bowl production. If he can go out and have a good week there, you know, maybe he's right back where he needs to be. Yeah, it's not it's not a big surprise, but you know, this does kind of make it a little bit more official now that both of them will be departing from Tallahassee after the season. Now they could always choose to decline that invite and, you know, return to Florida State. Each of them do have a year of eligibility remaining, but at this point, I think it makes sense for both of them to make that leap and start preparing for the pros. I don't I don't feel like there's much that either of them can prove anymore at the collegiate level, especially Jamie, you know getting close to being leading Florida State in tackles for the second consecutive year. And like you said, Logan, he's really been playing well as of late. And then with Fabian, it's just the injury risk. There's no point. Go ahead, go get your bag and, you know, get the money. And Only played in four games this year. He'll finish it out with hopefully seven, including the bowl game. We'll see how everything plays out. But, yeah, the Senior Bowl, like you said, Austin, a really big opportunity for these guys. Jermaine Johnson didn't even play in the game last year, was so dominant in practice that his stock was boosted and he decided to sit out the game, parlayed that performance into a first-round uh, selection. 
I don't know that either of these guys get selected in the first round, but they could certainly boost themselves towards a, a top three round selection if they're able to play good in, in Mobile. Got the chat now reminding us or letting us know, giving us updates here. Composite? I'll pull it up. On Vendarius Jacobs. If it is correct, we will label him as a four-star if need be. I mean, it's kind of getting to the point where – he is a, he is a four star on the composite, but on the two four seven sports site rankings, he's a three star still, which is wild. Um, yeah, so some good stuff there. We'll uh, continue to keep an eye on that, but yeah, I think Fabian and Jamie deserve to head off to the league as they've had a, a nice season. And it goes to show too. I think. Scouts and us alone are able to see the impact that Fabian Lovett does whenever you're able to put him back into that defense and that defensive line, the impact that Mm -hmm. it makes overall. Because this has been a pretty dominant performance the last couple of weeks for Adam Fleur's defense. Also, Uh, go ahead. Also worth noting that uh, Robert Cooper, Akeem Dent, Renardo Green, Keyshawn Hilton, Cam McDonald, Jordan Travis, and Ontario Wilson were all named to the Senior Bowl watch list last month. So, Feasibly, the they're not done sending out invitations for the event yet. Those will continue to go out over the the coming weeks, and so as they add prospects, more players from Florida State could get an invite. Sweet. Uh, some more Knowles racking up stuff. We just talked about him just a little bit ago, but Trey Benson won Running Back of the Week. This is the third time in a row that he's done so. I mean, absolutely deserves it. But uh, the performances that he's been putting together, yeah. That uh, sounds about right. Um, we we already kind of touched on earlier. We don't need to jump into too much more. But, yeah, I thought that was worth noting to put on here for the podcast and listeners. I was just going to say real quick, um, this is from Carter. Car- I don't know if it's Carol's or Carl. I don't know how to say it. Just anyway, say Carol's. This is from and Carter then- from the Tallahassee Democrat. And he said on Twitter yesterday, running backs who never did what Benson did by winning three consecutive ACC running back player of the weeks, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, AJ Dillon, Khalil Herbert, and Cam Akers. And this award began in 2018. Okay. So Trey Benson's the best running back in the ACC in a very long time. <laughs> he's accomplished a feat that no one else. And he's playing that way, yet. honestly. He's he is. Playing he so is. well the last few weeks. Playing at a really high level right now. He is. He absolutely is, for sure. No, and it's been nice too to allow Trayshawn Ward to get healthy. But at this point now, there is a fair discussion of Trey Benson being RB one just because of the performances and the way that he's playing right now. He is running back one in my opinion, just because it is what it is. And Trayshawn Ward, I think, still getting back to one hundred percent. I think he was he was a go against Syracuse, but didn't have to use him because Trey Benson, Florida State and Coach Yak and Mike Norvell went with a hot hand, and Benson continues to play well like that. Just keep him in. And I, I'm just really impressed the, the the size, the body size, Dealy. We we get to see him up close. That is a big sized running back. But to be out there and play that many snaps like that on a consecutive basis and have back-to-back plays that Mike Norvell is running with him, it's that's that's really impressive to me. I think I that's like what it also didn't help in Trayshawn Ward's case that he got two snaps and one of them was a fumble. So <laughs> yeah. I think that helped their decision a little bit. That definitely hurt. But, yeah, Benson's size, 
you know, you can kind of look at him and be like, all right, he's going to bounce off some tackles. But then whenever he gets in the open field and cuts up and turns on the Jets, it's like, wow, that guy should not be running that fast. And once he figure figures out his tracks on some of these long runs, I mean, he's going to be exploding for some very long touchdowns in the near future. He's had a couple times where he got slipped up or ran into a defender backside whenever he was trying to break one. He's got a couple more things to figure out, but the potential is there for that guy to be elite. And he's already doing it right now, which is the craziest part because there's, there's some facets of his game that could be refined a little bit to even take him to a higher level. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to see him, see him back next year. And I think that's a way for a few players, but Trey Jordan Travis, we'll have a whole discussion about that after the CUF game. But you know, there's a lot of guys that can continue to make some improvements in their game that could elevate them to, higher in draft picks and higher rounds. So that'll be a fun conversation once we get through the next two weeks. Another thing worth noting here, just continues, continues kind of show not used to this. Hasn't been this way the last couple of years. Jordan Travis named as a semifinalist for the Davy O'Brien award for the best college football quarterback of the year. He joined CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Drake May, along with others across the country and the semifinalist list. As deserving, you know, Jordan Travis is putting up some really good numbers. And I don't think it's talked a lot all throughout, you know, Twitter, national media as much. You know, you're always going to get the C.J. Strouds. You're going to get the Bryce Young, even Drake May now getting a whole ton of love. As he should, he's playing really well, you know. But Jordan Travis kind of seems still overlooked. He gets a lot of praise on broadcasts and such. But, you know, the statistics that Jordan Travis is putting together this season and going back to last year just – Improvement, man. And shout out to Coach Tokar's first year quarterbacks coach. I think it's worth mentioning there what he's been able to do with Jay Trav is huge. And you're seeing growth week by week. And I think the big turning point was during that three game losing streak. And we saw that stretch there where Jordan Travis was pissed. And he told us he was pissed off at practice. And Magnervell confirmed it. And, you know, it turned into going back, looking at film fixing things that he was doing wrong. And he told us, you know, there was a few mistakes that he wished he could have back, but now it's time to get ready for the next opponent. And he's done that and looked ahead and week by week, he's stayed focused and, you know, well-deserving of being on the semifinalist list guys. It's a nice recognition. I believe only 20 players in the country were named to the list. So I think it just shows, you know, how well thought of Jordan Travis is nationally at this point and also just puts the improvements that he's uh, made on display right now looking at 20 touchdown passes to four interceptions a five to one ratio completing over 65 percent of his passes I mean remember this is a guy who we watched in 2020 and it wasn't so pretty whenever he put the ball in the air he was a guy that people went out there to scramble and not really throw much and I mean just the way that he's changed his play style and developed some of his skills as a passer the last couple of years and this and even the mental part of the game as well it's been really impressive to watch and just the way that he's developed from start to finish one of the more impressive coaching jobs that, that I've seen at Florida State in quite some time uh, with, with Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham Alex Atkins coach Tokars all of them being involved as Jordan has made these steps and I mean look at where he is today he's playing phenomenal out there he's been amazing all season it wasn't that long ago we were having the argument of is he even a better quarterback than McKenzie Milton yeah. Um, and I now he's remember that. 
and now he's one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the country. Just a phenomenal job by this coaching staff. I believe he's top 15 in quarterback rating and top 15 in yards per completion. He's just done a phenomenal job all season. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I think we'll get one more season out of him, but I can only imagine how much more development he can have. He's been so good this season. I think I don't want to jump into a whole thing about it, but it's going to come down to a lot of things. It's going to come down to a lot of things and, you know, no decision is no decision. I don't think has been made, you know, they still got two more games and that's what I do like about this quarterback. You know, he goes week by week and, you know, there's a focus there, but being a leader on this team has been a, a big significant jump from him last year. You know, he's gone in this locker room and a lot of guys look to him and, they, you know, most players that we talk to just say he's more of a leader, doesn't talk as much, but he's more of a leader of just the way that he plays and putting his body at risk, trying to go down there for first downs, making third down plays like that, fourth down plays. It just goes to show how much that he's putting on the line for his team and uh, his, his players watch that and they play for their quarterback and their offensive line is is uh, playing pretty well for him as it transitions beautifully over to Coach Atkins getting some national attention now broils got our broils coach atkins got the broils he's on the broils assistant list watch whatever you want to call it what is that broils watch list yeah yeah broils top assistant watch list there uh top 50 he's in the top 50 dustin is just laughing as all get out nobody i'm not i'm not used to talking about assistants uh, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Broyles, Doyles, Goyles. Broyles, Doyles, Goyles. Uh, Florida State offensive line. What a product. Like Mike would, you know, I think the biggest thing is, of course, but you don't want to say it matters too much. You're going to have to give that man a raise. I'm not to say get that checkbook over. Give him the back. Jack, I don't care. Say. As long as you got Alfred, we'll talk about Alfred here when we get the basketball in just a few EVZ. So you just wait. Um, Thanks. But yeah, I'm just reminding you there. Uh, Yeah, but Coach Atkins on the top 50 list for top assistants in the college football world. Man, I mean, what he's done there. I think, too, watching this offensive line and be healthy, brought in some transfers, too, which took a little while to build chemistry. That's the way it is, no matter if you're in NFL, too. You're seeing some lines right now in NFL still trying to build chemistry. But Florida State right now opening up some holes for the running backs, having some pass protection for Jordan Travis, giving him time. Uh, And then what he does in recruiting, too. You know, he absolutely deserves this recognition right now. And outside of the offensive line development and what and the recruiting trail, which where he's been phenomenal, um, just now his progression to an offensive coordinator and getting to work more with the quarterbacks and these other position groups, Florida State's offense as a whole has taken a really big step forward this year, averaging over 100 yards a game compared to their offensive output from a season ago. And it just feels like things are are clicking. And it's it's been a lot more in sync with Atkins and Norvell kind of coexisting there. I'm not really sure about all the the play calling nuances and how and how that's going at the moment. But I mean, just watching it for the most part, I, I know there's been some stuff down at the goal line that we can look back on against Georgia Tech. But for the most part, the play calling has been very in sync. I feel like between the two coaches. Yeah, well, it's been. It's been nice to watch there. So, and then also seeing the development of a few players too behind. And I don't think really the national media or others see it, but we're seeing Julian Armella get in there and get reps and make strides along with mm-hmm. Jalen Early. You see Kaniya Charlton. There's a few others too that I think are going to get 
a lot of playing time this upcoming weekend. Hopefully, that's the that's what been one of the main goals for FSU that, into this week is getting these guys some more playing time. And uh, some guys also going back to the Syracuse game didn't play. AJ Duffy, Rodney Hill, Julian Armella. You know, some guys are wanting to make sure that they have enough of their red shirt games with them. So then in case they do have to trot out against UF, that doesn't burn itself. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we get to see a lot more of those younger offensive linemen because we, it is, we're seeing growth there, at least in mm-hmm. practices from a couple of those guys on the front line. And just going back to Atkins, if he has a good agent, he's definitely going to be getting a raise from Florida state this off season. Uh, there, you know, there's been a little bit of buzz for some head coaching hires for him. Notable, his former school where he was formerly an offensive coordinator in 2019, Charlotte actually hired a head coach today. So that school is no longer open. You would think right now the only other feasible job that I that I can think of off the top of my head is maybe Georgia Tech, but they might be looking for a slightly more established candidate than Atkins uh, at this stage. So we'll see how it plays out. But Florida State, they'll definitely fight to – keep Alex Atkins, keep Alex Atkins around as long as they possibly can. There's a question here. I want to run through a couple of these. This is from Matt on Facebook asking is, if Jordan Travis stays for another year in 2023 for Florida state, does AJ Duffy transfer and leave? I don't care. I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> dang. Well, that's just Matt. Like I said, we're going to have a big discussion after the season is over. We're going to have a big discussion. But if you go back, if you go and read the practice report from today, I highly suggest doing that and just kind of look through it, thumb through it, and then you'll try to – you'll kind of get the answer about what went through today. But, you know, Florida State, I think A.J. Duffy wouldn't leave. He would stay here. Um, that would be my answer on that. I don't, I don't think he'd have the intention on leaving anywhere. I would hope he, he wouldn't leave, but – if that's a consequence of Jordan Travis coming back, I would take it. They're, they're going to need, I think they're going to need to get someone in with experience though, just as a backup mm. option. Um, as great as Tate Rodemaker looked in the Louisville game, I still don't think any of us are that confident if we have to trot him out there. Mm. For a whole season, no. Uh, Ruffinall is asking, first coming back, 25%, 50%, 75%, or 100%? 100% gone. <laughs> Can, could this work if it's 100% gone? Because, yeah, I am expecting Jared Verse to be a one-and-done, just like Jermaine Johnson was in Florida State if they want to, or may, might look to the portal again and use their advertising efforts because they can do this. They could go two-for-two two with sending a guy very early in the NFL draft. Jared Verse, very highly sought after with some rankings right now and some draft experts, as he should. Feeling pretty good about my spring predictions i had on him just to let that make sure that goes here and that just making sure. i would be i would be shocked if he came back at this point just because you know he hasn't had the statistical production of jermaine johnson but there's still been games where he's been a like made a significant impact um and you can just see the potential there with his speed off the edge his physicality and and i think also you know getting injured against louisville that probably also has some some going into the thought process of you know if I come back to college I could get hurt next year why not go right now when my when my stock is sky high so we'll see what he decides to do but in my mind and with the day and age of where college sports is at right now I'm thinking he's probably going to go pro. I but feel he like also he loves been, his team. I, I feel like that. he hasn't even been that far off 
of Jermaine Johnson. Not um, that far off. He's like, creeping like, up there. He's getting close. You know, Jermaine Johnson finished with 17 and a half tackles for loss and 11 and a half sacks. Jared versus, you know, he's he's almost right there on tackles for loss, 13 tackles for loss and then six and a half sacks. You can argue if he plays that that other game and is, is healthy for the other game that, you know, he's right there with Johnson's yep. numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's an impressive season. Shout out to Coach Papp, too. Don't talk about him a lot, but he's done a great job with these defensive ends watching Jared. Mm-hmm. Now you watch Pat Payton. Now you watch Art Turner. Yeah. You know, there's some other guys in that offensive end room that are making some big time growth. So shout out to Coach Pap. And as always, you know, watching Odell Hagan see what he does. He's more in the trenches kind of guy, but he he overall will coach that defensive line. And, you know, that that those two guys do a great job. And um got to give some recognition definitely to Coach Pap and what he's done with that DN group. Uh, we kind of went off sidetrack there on Coach Atkins. Let's jump into some recruiting there uh, real quick, guys. Uh, let, let's jump into some rankings. Number one here with Cromenhoek. You know, Florida State's Florida State's 2024 quarterback commit, Luke Cromenhoek, and that Hawk. class there. Cromenhoek? Cromenhoek. Oh, oh. Cromenhoek. Cromenhoek. My bad. That's that's totally my bad. And, <laughs> I hope we don't lose any advertisers, advertisers that we don't have. Don't so sorry, sorry to our sponsors that we don't have. Don't but a Croman Hoke, Croman Hawk, Hawk, Croman Hawk, uh, Croman Hawk of the 2024 class. Now a top 10 quarterback in that class. How about that, D. Lou? You, you've been very high on him. You made sure to put a message in the Discord today reminding a few people about your evaluation of him, what you saw, and him throwing – during the summer, what do you like about Luke so much that would make him be a top 10 quarterback in this class? Really, it's just uh, the potential <laughs> with the kid. And I think you've really got a credit Florida State for the scouting job they did here. Uh, Luke came to a summer camp and the summer of 2021 worked out uh, with Norvell, Kenny Dillingham, Tokars watching it, and they ended up offering him that day. And then ever since then, you know, he's been one of their top targets in that 24 class and I'm getting the commitment earlier this year in large part due to that early relationship that Florida State established with uh, Cromwell Hawk. And, you know, I just really think it's his potential because you look at the last couple of years, he sat behind um, Auburn signee Holden Grinier, a, a four star quarterback last year, mainly contributed at, at wide receiver on special teams at safety. And then this year, for the first time, you get him under center, behind shotgun, whatever you want to call it, as a starting quarterback for the first time. And so far through 11 games, leading his team to a 9-2 and record currently in the second round of the playoffs, have a game on Friday night. He's completed 66.2% of his passes, over 2,000 yards, 23 touchdowns to two interceptions, seven more touchdowns on the ground. And remember, this is the kid's first year starting at the high school level um, in a pretty good division in Georgia. So I really feel like the sky's the limit here. Six foot four, about 200 pounds. So it's going to need to bulk up some. But Florida State has believed this since the beginning that Luke Cromanhawk would eventually develop into one of the top players in the 2024 class. And we're seeing it right before our very eyes. So those uh, early scouting reports definitely paying off. And, you know, Coach Coach Tokars, Coach Norvell, got to be smiling tonight. Yeah, they do a good job of evaluating talent, man. And watching him in person, yeah, he can put the 
ball on the money right there with Camden Fryer too. Those two connected all throughout practice, along with Venarius Jacobs. That was a fun camp to watch what the future of Florida State can hold. That's the biggest thing. Florida State does a really good job evaluating, evaluating talent, get them committed early on, like a Cam Davis too. A lot of this 2024 yep. class hold on. Jordan Pride. It. Yeah, a guy that's also creeping even higher in the rankings too, who's a current Florida State commit. Does that guy, does he, does he hold with the Seminoles? I would say as of right now, yes. You know, it's been a, I don't want to say shaky, but he hasn't really been to Florida State much lately. And there was kind of some buzz over the offseason, but he stayed committed. He committed very early in the process as a guy, his family are Florida State fans. And I think, you know, he's seeing the production that Florida State's made on the field this season. The DBs are producing. I think as of right now, Jordan Pride will stick with Florida State. But, I mean, recruiting never certain these days, and it's something we'll definitely be monitoring, you know, not only now but throughout the 2023 off season, and we'll see if Jordan Pride makes it to Tallahassee for a couple of visits or maybe even sometime before this season is complete. Right now, his team competing in the playoffs. Uh, VZ, give us a rundown on Florida State football recruiting. Me? No. Yeah, that's sorry. You. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, y'all, y'all, we can stick good. with it though, because Florida State they did have a a transfer on campus this week, an offensive lineman. Joshua Braun seems like maybe an interior guy if Florida State is to pursue, and we're working on getting up with him for an update on the website. But just interesting to note that Florida State already starting to hit that transfer portal and take a look at different prospects to see who they might eventually go after. I believe at this time that Braun does not hold an offer from Florida State. So maybe just yesterday doing some evaluations, meeting with the coaching staff, things like that, and we'll see kind of how it plays out from here but we know that Florida State they're going to weigh all of their options in the transfer portal from beginning to end and it sounds like Braun is is on the radar yeah no got to see him in person good size looks like it could just be a replacement there for Dylan Gibbons once he moves on so definitely got the size though and and a talented guy talented player too so we'll see what coach Atkins and them can do where's his next visit going to be is that UCF I believe I'm not sure yet (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening there with that recruitment. But, yeah, had the family in town and watched the practice on Tuesday. Uh, let's jump real quick before we go to game preview. College football playoff rankings. We get to do this every week now. It's fun. It's nice. And makes it to where we have to wait another hour because college basketball is on. And those games, for some reason, take another hour. If you head into overtime, definitely when you go into double overtime, have to wait for that, but that's just what comes with the territory now of Florida State vying to get into these rankings. Florida State, number 19, moves from number 23, moves up four spots up to 19. They are now below a few teams, Notre Dame, Washington, UCLA at 16, Kansas State at 15. Teams below them, UCF, the only other Florida school in the rankings worth mentioning. Don't see a Miami, don't see a Florida. Uh, they're at number 22, Lane, 21, Oklahoma State, 22, Oregon State, 23, NC State, 24. Another team that Florida State faced earlier in the season, lost on the road, and then at the end is Cincinnati, 25. But Florida State creeping up the climb. Maybe this is what Minor Bell was talking about all along, the climb. Climb up the college football playoff rankings. Growth. Growth. It's been yeah. cool. 
you can make that argument they could be ahead of Notre Dame, just given who Notre Dame lost mm-hmm. to early in the season. Um, it, 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 it's hard to argue. And Stan- didn't they lose to Stanford, too? Yeah, they did. Um, that was more recent, though. Yeah, it's just... I feel like that's the only one you could you could kind of argue, but Notre Dame's going to get Notre Dame votes. It's, it's, it's how it always goes. They beat Clemson and uh, UNC, right? Yeah. So I think does that's it, does it a good way out outweigh the bad offsets. Yeah. I mean Stanford's a bad loss, man. <laughs> I don't care how good of a win Clemson is. Stanford and Marshall are bad losses. Um, and then you know we know Florida's uh, Florida's not ranked for next week's game, but you know if you look in the AP poll, I think they're what thirty second technically in the receiving votes section. Mm-hmm. So they're right on that outside looking in. And as Logan mentioned in the instant reaction on Saturday, you, there's potential for a top twenty five matchup next week. Um, I think it'd be fun to see. Honestly, that'd be fun. It's a good note. I'm kind of hoping because I would give Florida State a, another, you know, quote unquote signature win and maybe even boost them up a little bit higher in those playoff rankings and, and just help them secure a better bowl destination. Because at this point, it's, you know, how good of a spot is Florida State going to get? And we're not quite sure yet. They're going to finish. Uh, I think the worst they can finish is tied for second in the ACC Atlantic, which should put them in line for a pretty decent bowl draw, depending on how they're able to finish against Louisiana and uh, UF. It's important to note it's not where they finish in the ACC. It's how the Bulls want them. Yeah, it's, not, it's not second ACC standings. It's second ACC choice, So, which sucks. Well, I appreciate you in, informing that, informing Some me of that. Some people don't know. And, uh, I would also like to note Florida State, they do have a win over number six LSU in that college football playoff poll. A yep. quality win. Nice quality win there. Nice quality win. Yeah, I, I, it's fun to be able to talk about these college football playoff rankings, man. It has been so long. That was the first time I've put on the college football playoff rankings since 27, now 2016, because the college football playoff rankings don't come out until later in the season. And at 2017, Florida State, we don't want to go back to that year to talk about that. We don't want to talk about that. But yeah, this was back in 2016 when Florida State, when we'd go back and watch college football playoff rankings. So it has been that long. I'm not even playing with you guys. I have not put it on. I have not turned on. I barely even looked at rankings. What's the point? That was... Football. It was, you just, we just didn't do it. We just never did it. But now to be able to, boom, we keep an eye out for the AP poll, coaches poll, and then on Tuesday nights, it's fun, man. Fun. Adds on extra content for us to talk about, too. So sign me up. Let's go. But It's one of the worst programs that I've ever watched. <laughs> The presentation was pathetic, and then not only well, that, I had to wait gives an extra it away. hour. Reese just gives it away already. He's like, well, also, this could be LSU, but you know, I just don't know." Oh, it's LSU! It's yeah, LSU! Like, no shit, you know what it is, buddy. Yeah, that, like mean, you said, it, they're like, uh, "We don't know. We don't know the selections until they're revealed on the show." You're bullshit. a liar. Liar, liar. It can't be worse than it was when it was the first thing. Because we, like, you know, in 2014, we're tuning into every single one because we're like, oh, yeah, Florida State's one, Florida State's two. Like, we want to see that. Those shows were so bad. Oh, my God, I hated it. It works now. I don't know. Those made my week physically worse. At least it was new then. Now it's so old, they just repeat the same blurbs every week. Like, how many times can you have some theatrical introduction for – you know, there's six or seven of these episodes every year now for the last seven or eight years. I mean, at the same time, how can you make them exciting? Because everyone kind of ex- 
they're kind of expecting what's coming because everyone sees the results from the past week. You can only make it so exciting. It's not like they're going to switch it up last second and I go, think, oh, all of a sudden Miami's third. Like, they're not going to do that. I, th- I think they need to move it to Sundays. I think they're going to have to compete with the AP. Program. I think you I just give me do. a chart on Twitter and I don't have to watch your stupid 30-minute program. <laughs> But then, you don't but, like and, the suspense music? But, and then they don't get the ratings, and they don't get the commercials, and they don't get the money, and it's all about the money. You know that. I love the commercial. It's like, tough. we're going to lead you into the college football playoff rankings after this commercial. Of course. <laughs> after so we had just went like through a whole old, hour. It's, a, it's the old American Idol trick after mm-hmm. the, the live shows where, you, where you're expecting the judges' reaction to go to the commercial. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael liked my Reese impersonation. Yep. That's it. about all it was. I got ticked off. I'm like, okay, Reese, you just told us the team, so that's probably what it's going to be. You have it on your sheets, so that you don't look any smarter. I'm just telling you. Also, why they but, go from one to seven instead of seven to one? It's infuriating. Just count oh, down yeah, in they, order. I don't care if it's for the suspense. Jeez. Oh, just yeah, just wait until if Florida State's creeping into that top fifteen, they're going to go. Then they're going to start unveiling one by one by one. Six and seven aren't even in the playoffs. They they build that up. That's the one they build up the most. It was wild, <laughs> dude. Get me out oh, of this. Let's talk about something else. All right, let's, let's jump into some game preview, guys. We won't spend too much time on this, but Florida State is going into a game. I uh, Florida State, what now? I mean, what ranked nineteen in the country going against Raging Cajuns? I think going into our what our predictions going into this game without, okay, maybe the raging Cajuns, you know, Billy Napier is no longer there. This might be a game, but I'm going into another week where I don't think this one's going to last too long. Florida state going in seven and three raging Cajuns, five and five on the season. This game will play at noon inside Doe Campbell stadium. Just Google the show wherever you're going to find a gate. You know, it's going to be on RSN, Whatever kind of sports network you have, just look for it. It's going to be playing on the Miami but... channel. Uh, I don't... Miami played on RSN for four out of the last five weeks. The only time they didn't was when they played Florida State. So I will continue to tell that fact. Yeah, but yeah, no, this game right now, you know, I think there's some optimism. Florida State will dominate. Do they, they cover? And what is it, minus twenty four right now? In favor of Florida State, I believe. I know it opened that way. I know it opened. I know someone in the chat will be able to give us some confirmation on that. But, you know, I don't think there's too much special here with uh, Louisiana. They got a quarterback, takes care of the ball pretty well, but nothing fascinating offensively. Um, I think this will be another game, too, where Jared Verse, looking at Louisiana's tackles, you know, domination, man. Domination should be the same way for Derek McLennan on that side. Pat Payne, I think it will be not so fun kind of how we saw against Syracuse just of a lesser talent there um you know this defense should have another stellar game definitely in the trenches with Fabian love it first thoughts guys going into this what what are y'all thinking dominance continues but you were by the way you were correct spread is 24 over under is 52 so well what do we think for the we don't usually do Vegas stuff but I'm, I'm in more into gambling now so what do we got I shouldn't say that we're in Florida. It's not legal here, but I. Uh, I what do we got for what? Different ways. What, what do we got? Does Florida State cover at the spread? Do they cover the spread? 24. I mean, they cover should. Realistically, they, yeah. Realistically, they cover. should, especially given the last two weeks. Um, but Louisiana does have a pretty decent defense. They're only averaging, or they're only allowing, what, 21 points per game? Um, mm-hmm. Granted, they've played absolutely nobody 
uh, Eastern Michigan, Rice, Louisiana Monroe, South Alabama, Marshall, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, Troy, Georgia Southern. You get the picture. They haven't played anybody of note. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how Louisiana comes into this game, how prepared they are, and how Florida State is prepared for them because, you know, Florida State may be overlooking them. Um, it's a prototypical trap game. You got big rival coming to town in six days. You could very very easily overlook them even if you should easily win. I'm expecting a very vanilla game from Florida State. It could be considered a trap game, but I thought Georgia Tech coming out of the bye, <clears throat> the bye week was a little bit of a trap game ahead of Miami. Florida State handled business. I thought Syracuse may be a little bit of a trap game with them on a three-game losing streak. Florida State coming off an emotional rivalry win. Once again, take care of business. So I feel like the Seminoles are going to have the same mindset going into Saturday afternoon. Like you said, Louisiana Lafayette hasn't played an FBS team this season. They've lost five out of their last eight games. They're only one in three on the road this season with losses to Rice, UL, Monroe, and Southern Miss. The average margin of defeat in those losses, 31 to 20.6 points. So this is a team that's lost uh, a lot on the road and by double digits in two out of their three losses away from home. You would think Florida State handles business here. The only redeeming factor really is that defense, and especially they forced 21 turnovers this season, 14 interceptions, which is top 10 in the country, have a safety that has four picks. I think 10 other players have one interception. So it's an opportunistic defense and Florida State's offense. They've got to take care of the ball, and it would be nice if the defense could force some turnovers on the other side so Florida State can win uh, the turnover battle. You should mention, though, their one road win. I feel like it's of note at Marshall. Beat Notre Dame and yeah. old friend and old friend Caitlin LeBorn. <laughs> you know, a little bit of FSU connection there. You know, maybe maybe they saw, saw something there and they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe. we can we can do this against Florida State too." You never know. They, they can stop oh. Trey Benson. <laughs> I mean, is that, what, is that what you're saying? Is this what you're connecting? They, the, they held they held the, Marshall the to and everything. They held Marshall to three point two yards per carry. You know, I feel uh, like that's notable. It is. I think it, it um, could be. But it, it it's be. also notable that of. Of the games they've lost, um, so they're let me rephrase this. They've allowed a hundred rushing yards or more in what is this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, and they've lost five of the seven. I feel like that's kind of all you need to know. Florida State's going to pound the rock, you know, easy 180, 200 yards on the ground, and they should walk away with this. Another important thing to know that went over Marshall. It came on a Wednesday, and. No okay, one plays good that. football on a Wednesday. Come on. I'm, tr- I'm, just trying, I'm trying to create some drama. <laughs> I know. Right? We're keeping the ratings up just like ESPN, right? Got to keep the ratings up. Got to keep the viewers engaged. Ah, Before we get into our score people. predictions, a commercial break from, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Commercial break, guys, from our non-sponsor. And we're back. We're back. That was quick. Quick there. <laughs> Maybe we, we will. Hopefully we'll get a sponsor one day. But. Uh, yeah, no, I'll keep it straight. And, you know, what ESPN, you can't cuss, but this should be a blowout. I didn't cuss, but I almost did. I think I don't think it will be close. I don't think it will be. This is not a good team that Florida State's facing. Keeping it real. Uh, we should see a lot of second team like we saw with Jordan Travis not having to play a snap near the middle half of the third quarter going into the fourth. I think I think Florida State's going to take care of business. I thought Dustin brought up a good point, too, where. You know, they don't overlook an opponent, nor do after wins or dominating wins, they don't 
stop. You know, they keep going and, uh, you know, I don't not that they had had a break or they went against a rival against Syracuse, but this team really does stay dialed in on their opponent week by week. And that's really a promising thing that we haven't seen from Florida State in a very long time, going back to Jimbo Fisher's days, man. Sometimes this team would get distracted and overlook them and allow it to be a game. And I think Mike Norvell has pressed that ever since that Jacksonville State game to not ever, ever, ever let that shit happen again in Doe Campbell Stadium as it should never. So I had to get my cuss word in there. I didn't want to enjoy that drive the F bomb in there, but I feel like that. I feel like the S is fine. S is fine. Uh, while Adam's in here, this is great timing here. Uh, taking my kids for their first game. What advice do you guys have to make sure they have the best experience? Well, don't get them near me. Number one, <laughs> don't get them near me. <laughs> don't get them near me. But no, if you do see us, come say hey. Come say hey. But uh, what are some suggestions you guys would have? I've got a few suggestions, definitely for the kids. I think the marching chiefs doing their skull session before the game. It's not. It's no longer at Dick Hauser because they're redoing the field and all that kind of stuff at the baseball field. But go over to where the band practices on their field, and the school session is really fun to go watch before they march into the stadium. So I think that's one really fun thing to do. Obviously, go and see the spear too. Anything else, guys? I would say um, I forget which end zone it is, but they keep all the horses right there for all the all the potential renegades. Take the kids by them. Mm-hmm. Let them see the horses up close. I think that's always cool for kids. I would just say the legacy walk. And then since this is a noon game, it won't be too early afterwards. Go outside the moor and some players should be trickling out. Maybe you can get some autographs from a couple of guys. It should be a cool experience and a little chilly, but should be nice weather for their first game in Doak. And, and no- normally, any other year, I'd say the night before, go catch a men's basketball game. Don't do that this year. <laughs> Bam. Save your money. <laughs> yeah. Save your money, save your time, save your pride, mm. save your integrity. <laughs> Which, man, the concession stands at the tuck. They're only taking card nowadays. You can't even bring cash in there. Like, treat you me still like using some, cash? I had, it was a $10 bill. All right, it wasn't a one. Treating me like some kind of peasant. They're like, you got a card? What were you buying? Can we please know what you're buying? I just wanted a nice pretzel. I knew it was a pretzel. I knew it was a pretzel. <laughs> well, just, did did you get a Coke as well? My dad bought it. Oh. All right, yep. so Adam, Adam, Adam's going. Oh, Adam's Adam, going. I'm so you know sorry. Hey, hey, I think yeah, the kids hopefully, hopefully this is the first one. Hopefully they're going to pull an upset one. for sure. Listen, We're I gonna hope so. We're going to do it for Adam and his kids. Adam, if they pull it, you bet we better see you on the show next week on Wednesday. We better nothing, see you. In- nothing will make me happier, honestly. It's all because of Adam because he went to the game with the kids. So shout they out to them if they Florida do win. And Miami. Now, if they do lose Adam, then just I don't know if I want you in Doak on Saturday. I'm just kidding. I'm playing around. I'm playing around. Uh, but, uh, anything else on this Louisiana game? I, I, we don't need to jump dive deep into this guys. This is not, I've FSU's healthy. Might see Darren Williamson on Saturday, Florida state's wide receiver. Other than that, anything worth on FSU side, you think they're going to keep it vanilla busy to get ready for UF? I mean, they did that thing against Syracuse, man. They, they went ahead and did their little trick play with Wyatt Rector. Yeah, keep special. it vanilla. You, you don't want to tip your hand much. Um, it may just be like the Miami game where they run counter 35 times um, and call it a game. I don't know that yeah. they're too worried about tipping their hand, though. You know, 10 games, 11 games into the year. It's already enough. Yeah, but you're also not going to break anything out new well, yeah, yeah. at this point. I, yeah, I agree with that. I just think for, the offense has to take care of the ball, not turn it over. Important to note that Louisiana has racked up 25 sacks and 53 tackles. 
for loss this year. So this is a defense. Um, you know, they haven't played an FBS opponent, but they have been good at certain times this season, and they forced a lot of turnovers on special teams, which for to say they've been really good on that side of the ball throughout the year. But important to note that Louisiana has two punt return touchdowns, four block kicks. Uh, so just have to watch out for them on special teams and on offense as far as taking care of the ball and the offensive line. Going to need another big game because Louisiana's defense uh, has been has performed pretty well against the run and the games that they have been able to pull off and the games that they've lost, uh, they haven't been well. Kind of, kind of like Syracuse last week, we talked about the differential and rushing there. Um, if Florida State's able to record another 200-plus yard rushing game, they probably win this one pretty handily. You said it twice. I got to correct you real quick. They have played FBS opponents. They haven't played any Power Five opponents. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> get it, get it. All, get these, all these abbreviations. Get it's get nine fifteen. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. The Celtics are playing. What's that? The Celtics are playing. Yeah, there we go. That was coming. I added it there for you, Dustin. Uh, but yeah, they did spend a lot of time on special teams this week. I will say that on Tuesday and Wednesday when we were there, uh, Jordan's asking which jersey do you guys want to see. I suggest wearing, if you're an FSU fan going this weekend, I suggest wearing black. I suggest wearing black going into the stadium. If you guys are in our Discord, you probably know why, but I highly suggest wearing black. Something, if you have any black FSU merch. What, which jersey do you want to see, VZ? Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not preferential in this one. Uh, you know. What is it? They're red and white. Like, I don't know. I'm, fi- I'm fine keeping it guarding gold. We've been switching it up all year. I'm, I'm, granted, they'll probably wear. They'll probably wear. Actually, they probably wear garnet on garnet for Florida. Now that I think about it. See, I'd say I'd say garnet go for this one. Then you go all garnet next week. We won't go to Dustin in his style. I, that that would have been a bad idea to ask. That just, I'm already wearing black. I, I, yeah, Dustin would have Dustin would have wanted them to break out a new all gray uniform. Nice little chrome <laughs> helmet. Chrome helmet. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get to score predictions, guys. I went first last week. It was just me and you, right? Yeah. I mean, I gave yeah, one before just... I hopped off real quick. Uh, Dila, you go ahead. You go ahead, and I'll go, and then VZ can go. Ed, don't build an entity. Do we need to go to a sponsor? Commercial break, everybody. We'll be back in 30. Ah, We're back. Florida State <laughs> taking on an, another overmatched opponent. On Saturday afternoon, I'm confident from what I've seen at practice this week that the team looks like they're ready to handle business once again and just feels like Louisiana, they haven't played a caliber of team like Florida State so far this season. And they've had some struggles as of late. I know they were able to win on Thursday and they've had a couple days of of extra preparation for this game, but they just haven't played in an environment like Dope Campbell Stadium, and I feel like Florida State's defense is going to come out on fire once again, and that'll end up being the difference. Uh, offense maybe a little sluggish as, as they get into a rhythm against Louisiana's defense in, in the first half, but I've got Florida State, Florida State 44, Louisiana 10. Mm. We're close, D. Lou. We're very close. I don't, I, I don't think this one will take too long. To have this Pretty game close. finished, I think Florida State will take – it'll be good in halftime, and we'll be hanging out in the press box. Keep an eye on some other games throughout the day. But, yeah, Florida State, I got this one 41-13 to 13 on that side. Florida State goes 
up to eight wins on the season, gentlemen. I don't know That's why I said ten. Is. Forty to six. Let me put let me put that in there. Whoa, Forty to damn. six. No touchdown. Third straight game. I'm about to say, yeah, I'm I, I'm really just being like just you know comforting myself just like all right we'll just give them some points but you know i, I this defense should take just dis- destroy them i i don't know it just makes sense man fabian love it jared verse get the stats up move up on those draft boards why not i'm gonna keep it there no 44 6 give me give me 41 10 garbage t- touchdown. Florida State has done that before. They've allowed a garbage touchdown. I'm going to go 41 10. Let me trim off that three points there. I mean, I, we're, we're all in the same range. Um, the way I see it is Louisiana's worse than Syracuse, but better than Miami. So 42 <laughs> 3. Wait, they, they're not as worse as Miami? Or they're worse? Than they're Miami? better than Miami. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're oh, worse yeah, than yeah. Syracuse, but better than Miami. So 42 3. All right. I like it. I think you're, you're not off there. You're not off there. Uh, sadly, one team that is oh god, not better than any team that we're seeing in any kind of collegiate sports right now is uh, Florida State and Leonard Hamilton's basketball program. Starting the season off 0-3, lost to Stetson at the beginning of the season. Then you lose to UCF. And then at home, you lose to Troy VZ. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. And then you've got an athletic director that is very, I don't want to say quick, but keeps a close eye on every program, it seems like, during his short tenure so far at Florida State with Michael Alford. Likes to make some moves if he doesn't think things are going well. And then, well, VZ knows more about it, but what, what are we, what's going on here? I mean, I, it's, I hate it, man. Uh, it's not fun to watch. It's not the same Leonard Hamilton defense at times. It's not great, Bob. <sighs> it's not great. Um, <laughs> granted, guys. Gr- uh, why? Uh, granted, Florida State has you know seven available players because we didn't even talk about it. Um, we didn't get the chance. So Nahima Cloud went down against UCF and is out six to eight weeks with what they're saying is an Achilles issue. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, I doubt we'll ever get a straight answer because it's Leonard Hamilton. Um, it's just not fun. It, it, it's it's physically painful to watch this team, and I get it. They're tired. You know, I, I, I it's hard to blame them when you've got five guys playing thirty minutes in a regulation game for the first time in over three thousand days. I, I did the math. The last time they did was February twenty fourteen. Um, it's just not the way we're used to seeing Florida state play basketball. They're used to constant substitutions, constant rotations, keeping guys fresh. And it's tough to do that when you just simply don't have the guys that you can sub in. And they essentially had a six man rotation because Tom house played what eight minutes on Monday night against Troy. Um, Okay. Even fewer. Um, I don't know why they're not using him. I I liked him in the first two games, but you've essentially got yourself a six man rotation and some of these guys simply are not playing well. Matthew Cleveland has to be better. He's been horrendous these last two games. If if I told you he had more fouls than points <laughs> for, for the last two games, just like he has 10 fouls and eight points in 47 minutes of basketball, it's, it's simply unacceptable for someone that's as talented and as athletically gifted as Matthew Cleveland is. He has to be better. And uh, he's not the only one. Jalen Worley, I think, had seven turnovers Monday night. 
Um, Caleb Mills has been, you know, hit or miss here and there. Um, he looked better in the second half against Troy, but these guys have to be better. Uh, you know, I, I get they're banged up. I get they're tired. At some point, step up and play basketball. You got demolished on the glass against UCF, 52-22. to 22. Then you turn it over 18 times against Troy, who's, you know, they're fine defensively, but they lost a ton of pieces from last year's team. There's no reason you should turn over 18 times and only force them into eight or nine turnovers. Ban the chat, Logan. It's just, uh, it's just not acceptable. You know, as great as Florida State was even just two years ago, they were in the Sweet 16 two years ago. And they're 0-3 with losses to Troy and Stetson. And as I said in our in the recap article, I don't even know if the recap article got posted because this team's giving me so many I, migraines. I sent it to Logan, but I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't look. Um, coming into the year, dating back to the start of the 2016 season, they had lost one home non-conference game in you know five years. Now they've lost two straight to Troy and Stetson. Like, what what can you say? It's just not good basketball. It's not fun to watch. It's brutal. It's just absolutely brutal. Um, now Friday's game, you have Florida coming into town. Florida just lost at home to Florida Atlantic. Um, it's going to be really bad basketball. It's going to be like watching third grade YMCA basketball. Duh. Um, and that, that physically hurts me to say because I love Florida State basketball so much. It's just they're, they're not playing. They're not playing well at all. We've seen the glimpses. Darren Green was really good against Troy. They need to get him more involved. Um, Cameron Corn was really good in the first two games, but now he's you know doing a lot defensively, so he's not doing as much offensively um, in the Troy game. Cameron Fletcher was really good against Troy, but you know at some point some of these guys have to start stepping up. Whether it's Worley, whether it's Cleveland, um, whether it's Caleb Mills, somebody's got to step up and be like, all right, enough's enough. We we got to win some damn basketball games. 19 turnovers, 10 missed free throws, give up 12 threes, just not enough for Florida State right now. And, you know, I know they're they're banged up and they've got a guy who's wrongfully suspended, but I don't know. There's just got to be some way that these guys can rally around and pull out a couple victories. Because, I mean, it's just got to be absolutely demoralizing right now for where they're sitting when the season only began you know, 10, 10 days ago or so at, at this point. So we'll see where it goes from here. Um, you can see the potential in spurts, but there's no doubting that they're they're just way undersized out there at the moment, and it's killing them. It's, it's not even undersized. They're undermanned. That's the issue. Well, you know, yeah, there's, a, there's a reason Coach Hamilton has said in the past, we can't beat you one through five, but we can beat you one through ten, and they have a one through six right now. You know, that's just, that's not, it's not how Leonard Hamilton plays basketball. It's just not. Um, they've got enough size, even without Naheem and, and Ganey and Baba and whoever else. You know, all five guys that are out there are between 6'5 and 6'9. Like, you're fine. Go read, go rebound to basketball. They're just not good rebounders. They're not. They're not. I think Corin can be a good rebounder. Um, he's just, he's, he's a, he's three games into his college career. It's going to take him a little bit. Um, Cameron Fletcher's high effort. Sometimes he's just got to finish the playoff. And then Cleveland, I think, has three or four rebounds in his last two games. You know, him, him, him is, rebound. 
him especially has to be better on the boards. He's too athletic, too gifted, too good of a player to not rebound, not score, not do anything. I, I don't know what happened there. Three shot attempts in, in 26 minutes. You, you would think that's unacceptable for someone who can score like Matthew Cleveland. We saw it at times last year, and I know he had the – the shooting form change and maybe that's impact him a little bit as far as wanting like to get the, aggressive. The first, game, the first game against Stetson, he had what 18 points on like 11 shots. Like he looks solid offensively. He still wasn't great. You know, most in the second half, it's like these last two games, like, man, what is going on? And some of, some of his charges are like, you're just playing way too out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not know what's happened. I, I, you very rarely see this from, you know, a Florida State player where they arguably regress heading into a season. That's that's what it's looked like from him so far. I, I hate to be that way, but he has to be better. Yeah, him and him and Jalen Worley. You know, we heard about some of the improvements that they were making over the summer, but it hasn't transpired onto the hardwood just yet. And these were two very highly ranked guys and, and touted players coming out of high school that were expected to make really big impacts at Florida State. Right now – not looking so great, but they do have the talent and the potential to turn it around. We'll see if they're if they can put it together. Hopefully, they can get Chandler Jackson back here soon. You know, he, he's due back in a game now at this point from his. I think it was a broken thumb, is what it was. He's due back at any point. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out till next week because art. Ideally, you don't want your first game to be against your rival. Um, damn, they just need people out there. It, it doesn't even matter who at this point. Um, and he's the only one due back anytime soon. You know. Again, Naheem's out six to eight weeks, so that puts him back middle of January. Bob and Miller's due back January 11th. Deontay Green maybe end of January, and then Bembry and Ganey are out for the year. I, there, there's no hope on the horizon. Uh, it's going to be tough sledding. <laughs> there, there, there's Yikes. no hope on the horizon. These guys got to get it figured out themselves and hope there's not any more injuries because, I mean, God forbid, what happens if someone else – God forbid, what if Darren Green goes down? Knock on wood, mm. obviously. I, that kid's amazing. But <laughs> they, they'll be scoring 40 points a game. I don't know. They, could, they, they couldn't afford injuries coming in the year, and then they lost someone else. Mm-hmm. Does Leonard, you think Leonard gets that excuse of injuries going in going into the season, Baba Miller not being able to play? Like how but how long does that go? I mean, you're you're oh yeah. and four, but but then you're facing Troy. You're facing yeah, Stetson to begin the season. Yeah, the that that those excuses shouldn't it's, be It's your allowed. first 0-3 start since 2000, the 2000-2001 season, and those losses were to Ohio State, Florida, and no. uh, some other, you know, big-time school. I don't, I don't say big-time. I'd have to go back and look. Two losses at but home it's, to it's start the season. Stetson and Troy. I, again, it's one thing if it's big-time opponents. and Like, you start off with a big, you know, early-season tournament, and you're losing to – like, let, let, let's, say the, let, 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 let's say the ESPN tournament was your first weekend. And you're losing to Memphis or Oklahoma or Seton Hall or whoever. It's understandable. It's Stetson and Troy, teams that are going to be middle to bottom feeders in their respective conferences. You know, these are teams that, no matter how banged up you are, you should be. Um, it's. I really don't know how the athletic administration plays this. You know, Coach Hamilton's been so great for Florida State, not just as a coach, but as a representative of the mm-hmm. university. Um, and as a representative of just young men in general, I mean, we, we talk, they talk every game about his graduation rate and, you know, how many of these former players just really respect Coach Hamilton. Alford's a results guy at the end of the day. If you're not getting the results he wants, he's not afraid to make the hard change. And 
you know, hopefully Hamilton gets the time to get it figured out. But I really don't know if Alford's going to give him that. I really do not. We've seen it. Made a baseball change in, what, less than three years? New soccer coach? Two years. Well, so so soccer was, you know, Coach Krikorian wanted way too much money. (laughs) It was expected way too much from that. that. That one was, you know, its own thing. And then with baseball, you know, Junior just wasn't getting the results out of that baseball team for the talent they had, you know, and I, I think a lot of people questioned that hire when it was made in the first place. So that one made sense. You know, everyone could see that one coming. This one's a lot different. You know, most people don't care about Florida State basketball. I'll call it how I see it because I was a part of that program for three years. Most people mm-hmm. around there don't care about basketball. You know, it's football first then baseball second. Then you can start talking about basketball. Tom's bringing up a really good point here. Just give Leonard Hamilton the gray hoodie at Magna uh, for, for the longest time, Hamilton's hoodie was the was the uh, all black turtleneck. You know that mm. was his thing. Where's it know. at? What are we doing? He here? only wears it on away games. Um, and you know the the um, bench dress code restrictions aren't as strict as they used to be. You know that now they can wear polos on the bench. They, it wasn't always that way. Um, that's that's a different note though. We've gotten to a peril part of what. The yeah. way to fix this team, and I don't think it will be that sad. Listen, calm, if, but... if I will do anything it takes to at this point win a damn basketball game, I just want to see it happen. I, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to cl- turn off my TV and close my laptop at the end of the night with another migraine because I've had three straight. <laughs> it's not, it's not a healthy way to live. That, that, we had what we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, VZ, we went through it with football, it was not a fun Listen, time. At least you won a game, like. You at least won a game so, here and there. The worst part yes. with basketball so, is you have to get disappointed multiple times a week. Yeah, for a longer for a longer yeah. amount of time. And here's the thing: if if you don't beat Florida Friday, you have Mercer on Monday. Then you're in that tournament in Orlando, which Sienna's whatever, but every other team there is better than Florida State right now. I mean, Sienna's whatever. Florida State's whatever. I know, but I'm just like. <laughs> To whatever's going at it. We'll talk about Whatever Mercer. Like if, that. If, you, if you can't beat Florida, you can't beat Mercer. When is the win coming? Is Mercer good? Because I'm terrified. Um, <laughs> you want me to find out? Well, also, to be fair, the ACC is bad. You know, I yeah, think a lot everyone, of teams. Everyone kind of thought the ACC might be a little bit better this year. ACC still, ACC still sucks outside of Duke. Because even UNC, they only beat, who was it? Gardner Webb by six points the other night. Uh, Louisville is also 0-3 with each loss coming by one point. Uh, they lost to Appalachia State. They lost to Wright State on a buzzer beater, which is one of the craziest shots I've ever seen. If if you haven't seen that clip, it's pretty funny. Um, and then they lost to, to Bellarmine, who's in their second year of Division One competition. Um, who's also from Louisville, which is funny. Who's also from Louisville. That, yeah, that is Took true. over the city. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's Syracuse lost by double digits at home to, who was it, Cornell or Colgate? I think it was Colgate. Um, Maine beat Boston College in Chestnut Hill. Um, Boston College also should have lost to Cornell. Georgia Tech should have lost to – who was it? They should have lost to somebody the other night. It's been really bad for the ACC so far. Um, so at least it's not just Florida State, but we're also three weeks away from what, having to be succumbed to Florida State Louisville basketball, and I really don't want to watch it. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Head my jacked really up bringing don't. up – Shout out to the women's team, absolutely dominating Florida tonight. Good job. Brooke Wyckoff is doing a great job there with them so now, far. Now spread some of that luck to the other side of the gym, please. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'd really appreciate it. Doing a great job there. So shout out to the women's team taking down the Gators tonight. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Anything else? What time is that game on Friday? Seven, I believe. Mm, I think I think seven it got right. moved. It was seven fifteen. Um, they, they moved, they moved, moved like four it. p.m. One o'clock. Like yeah, I think I think I think it's seven a.m. on Save. PBS. <laughs> it's eight, 8 p.m. on ACC Network now. Yep. Oh, good old ACC network. You loved hearing the da, 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 da. and they play Mercer uh, at they play Mercer at six thirty p.m. on I guess on Monday, and then the game against Siena is at eleven a.m. on Thanksgiving Day, right? Oh, is it? I think it is. Jesus, good luck with that one. I don't know who's going to be watching, but yeah. BG yeah, will it's, be. It's, it's going to be me. It's going to be uh, D- D- David DK Digital. It'll be Aria. Yep. It'll be Henry and the cameraman. Cameraman, cameraman. and that's about it. (laughs) That's about right. Maybe a few family members, but absolutely. So, uh, best of luck to Florida State. Hopefully, to get back on track, but against the Gators on Friday. So, we'll see really what they're all about here in just a few days. Uh, I think that's gonna wrap up everything. Florida State football and Mike Norvell. They'll take on. The Raging Cajuns in Louisiana Lafayette on Saturday at 12. We'll be there for full coverage. We'll be giving pregame warm-up updates for you guys on our Twitter at Noel Game Day. Make sure you guys tune over there today. You can follow my Twitter down below and Dustin. And when it comes down to basketball game day, we've got Austin up there. And that's his Twitter also. So make sure you guys are following us this weekend. Got a lot of sports to cover. And we'll do our instant reaction right after the press conference from Mike Norvell on saturday afternoon so keep an eye out for that that will be here on youtube facebook and twitter as always you can listen to this podcast on itunes google play spotify youtube hit the like button if you're about to leave on youtube we definitely appreciate it hit the subscribe button so you get notified every time we go live and release a new episode also hit that bell there so you get the notification on your phone but appreciate y'all a ton thank you jordan and a lot of y'all as always hopping in here tom michael hopping on here and bringing some conversation throughout the show hope everybody has a great weekend we will talk to you guys in just a few days peace Yeah.